On this week's episode of Water Flying, we are at LakeFest 2021. You are listening to Water Flying, a show dedicated to all things seaplanes. Brought to you by the Seaplane Pilots Association. My name is Steve McCoy. I'm the executive director of the Seaplane Pilots Association, which is the world's largest nonprofit advocacy organization dedicated to the protection and promotion of the water flying community. Climb aboard! We're about to start today's episode. Well, I am so happy to be on location in Pineville, Louisiana, coming off of Lake Fest 2021. And I have three of the board members of the Lake Amphibian Club, Myron Mitchell, Adrian Wood, Bill Greenwald. Thank you all for being here. You have put on a spectacular four-day event. And uh, I want to share for the people that were not as fortunate as I was to get to join you for this event, a little bit about the event today and a little bit about this amazing airplane, the Lake Amphibian. All right. Well, I think we should start with the the airplane that brings us all together. Absolutely. Some of us have been flying them for a long time. Others that have come here have don't even own one yet. And uh, there are low time pilots flying lake amphibians. There are high time pilots flying lake amphibians. There's all sizes. Adrian can talk about the Renegade. Well, there's different sizes of planes. They go from uh, 160 horsepower colonial skimmers all the way up to 270 horsepower turbocharged uh, Renegades and Sea Furies. So there's a wide range of products that have been built over about 60 years, uh, not currently being built. Uh, the last plane was built probably about 50, 20 years ago almost. And one of the main reasons we get together as a club or we have a club is because there's no longer a manufacturer and people are wanting to know how to take care of these things. Why should I buy one? Why would I want one? And we deal with all that with the Lake Amphibian Club. And I think the one thing about the Lake Amphibian is it is unique in the way it flies. It is a completely different bird than most people who get in, in a general aviation airplane will get to experience. Yeah, and I think that uh, one of the things that uh, people don't realize is just how amazingly easy they are to fly, just with appropriate initial instruction. Uh, I came out of a Cessna 150 two days after I got my two days after I got my uh, my pilot, private pilot certificate. I got into a, my Lake Amphibian, which I had bought with only 10 hours on my ticket, uh, and flew the airplane with a Lake instructor, and was amazed at how wonderfully simple and easy an airplane it is to fly. Very forgiving. Of course, you do need that a little bit of initial instruction to be sure that you learn about the idiosyncrasies of the airplane. But they are simple to learn, fun to learn, and it is just a great, fun airplane to fly. Well, from my perspective, you know, I'm always impressed as a uh, type club. You guys are one of the most passionate type clubs in the aviation community, bar none. And I've had the good fortune now, I think this is my 10th or 11th year coming to Lake Fest, and uh, I always look forward to it. And it's just been a real joy getting to know your most passionate members that show up at these year after year. And to 
become more familiar with the aircraft. And I actually got to fly uh, with Harry Shannon uh, to the event, which was great uh, because I actually got to arrive in an aircraft appropriate for the event. (laughs) (laughs) Because actually the winds did not favor flying my Super Cub, which was great. And uh, so, and it has very long legs. I mean, we only made one fuel stop on a seven hour flight here, which was great with a, a tremendous headwind, 35 knot headwind. Yeah, certainly that, that airplane in particular, uh, the 270 turbo is a great airplane and long legs is definitely one word for it. Yeah. So what's a little bit of history? So it, it really was developed from a really unique airplane, the Colonial Skimmer, and then went through horsepower variations, gross weight increases, uh, uh, passenger capability increases. It even had a military uh, version that came out uh, yeah, with that, the Seawolf. Steve, that's absolutely correct. I, I just wanted to jump in. Um, it was started uh, in uh, 1948. They built the very first one. Okay. Um, and uh, Colonial Aircraft Corporation uh, out on Long Island uh, started it, uh, originally designed by the, um, some of the original Grumman engineers decided to make a GA airplane. But what I think is also kind of fun about this is, and we'll talk about the models in a second, we actually have serial number one from 1948 is in flying condition and often comes to these events. It's uh, currently based up in uh, on uh, Long Island, New York. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, really remarkable. Yeah, that was restored by a longtime lake flyer, uh, John Staber, and he, yep. he d- went through about a 10-year restoration of that plane, which was amazing. Had a lot of club support to do it, but uh, it was a labor of love on his part. And from there, you can go all the way from 180 horsepower to 270, but the one thing they all have in common is they land on their belly. Everybody in the water. In the water. <laughs> so when you... Uh, when I was on my way over here, I stopped at an airport, uh, Meridian, Mississippi, spent the night there. I parked my plane in front of the very nice FBO, uh, which I would recommend if you're in Meridian. And um, a lady came out and said, what is this? Can I take a picture of it? And I said, well, it's a lake amphibian. There's lots of them out there. And you, well, I've never seen one. And she said, can I? You know, I'm going to take a picture. I said, okay. The next day I flew into lake, the Lake Amphibian Club party going on at Pineville, and a, a guy walks up to me and said, your plane was on Facebook yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the beauty of the Lake Amphibian is it's like flying a sports car when it flies, and it's like a Jeep when you're on the water. You can ramp it out. You can dock it. People don't think you can pull up to a dock, but you certainly can. You can uh, park it on its wheels in the water anywhere. You can beach it at any beach you want to go to. Um, And if you want to drive out of the water onto your lawn at the lake, it's the best airplane for it. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing, it is incredibly forgiving uh, in its water handling. It's more like a boat uh, when you're on the water. Not like a more like a speedboat. A speedboat. It's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not like a float plane where you're eight, ten feet up in the air. Uh, the center of gravity is very low to the water. And you can do um, 180 degree turns in uh, about 200 feet uh, diameter at 45 knots. Uh, try doing that on a float plane. Yeah, and I think one thing we sort of maybe have to add in case people don't know, this is a flying boat configuration. People always think of seaplanes as 
you know, as float planes. This is a, a flying boat, meaning it lands right on the belly of the airplane, not on floats. So it's very different. Uh, you know, the gear retracts and you land on the belly of the airplane. So uh, picture that as opposed to a float plane, which I know a lot of folks just assume it has floats. It's a, it's a slightly different configuration, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, well, I, all I can say is it's a unique aircraft. It's guaranteed uh, to attract attention anywhere it goes just because of its ramp presence. It's unlike uh, any aircraft out there, really, uh, with a high-mounted engine, the high-thrust line engine, uh, but the fact that it has this boat hull and everything else, and it, people always are going to come up no matter where you go. As a lake owner, I'm sure that you're used to uh, very much engaging with people everywhere you go because everyone wants to know about it. All the time. Yeah, I have one anecdote about just that, Steve. Um, I, uh, I had a, a mission down to New Haven, Connecticut, <clears throat> Tweed, New Haven, and I followed in. It turned out um, uh, a fellow attendee of an event that we were going to in his brand-new King Air. <laughs> so I'm behind the King Air, and we come up to the rim. This thing is a gorgeous, beautiful King Air, and uh, I see him land in front of me. I come up number two. Uh, I park. He's got about eight ramp guys taking care of his King Air. They all leave the King Air before anyone's gotten out of the airplane, and they're all over at my lake asking all about it, what it is, and everything else. So it's got a crazy ramp appeal. Yeah, that's awesome. It, it's really bad when you up, you know, upstage your got your friend that has a six and a half million dollar airplane, and you're showing up with your lake amphibian that you know might be a couple hundred thousand dollars, and and you're and you're upstaging them. Yeah, well, that's a way to make friends and influence people. So, well, that's great. You know, it's a great airplane. I encourage the listeners uh, to look it up online. Uh, there's a wealth of information. And one of the best places to do that is the Lake uh, AnfibClub.com website, which was just rebuilt. Yeah, we're happy to say that. We uh, launched a new site in March of this year, uh, and it has a, a fairly generous public facing site. Um, lots of information about the history of the plane. Um, but then there's a whole wealth of information under the covers if you become a member of the club, uh, which I would encourage anybody who wants to really learn about uh, the details of a lake and, and maintenance details and uh, training and all sorts of other information is available as a member. And we have all that information available, and you don't have to have an airplane to get to that information. I was going to say, let's talk about the Lake Amphibian Club. Uh, The Seaplane Pilots Association is kind of one of these uh, overreaching organizations looking down on the entire seaplane community. Uh, But it also depends on a lot of regional uh, seaplane associations and type clubs like yours. Let's tell the listeners a little bit about what the Lake Amphibian Club is and how it operates. Well, the Lake Amphibian Club uh, is a nonprofit. Uh, run by a board of directors, uh, and basically it's run by the members. They tell us what they want us to do, and the board, uh, you know, carries out the the mission, like the website, or like uh, setting up a web um, Facebook page. I'm sorry, um, we do have a Facebook page that's, as of this meeting, going to have a new director, so it'll be. <laughs> Shaped up a more new than social I was able. media coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be much better than I was able to do with my limited knowledge of Facebook. But we we do have uh, that available also. Um, but I think the main draw is that it's such a different airplane. You have to have, 
have a place where you can find out specific information about it. I think one of the other points, uh, Myron, is that uh, the the club has really um, assisted and helped develop um, a strong training program for the plane. Uh, while uh, it is slightly different to fly, it does have some techniques which if you don't um, develop as second nature in your flying habits uh, will maybe get you unstuck. Uh, so you do need to you know, really take some time. And we have um, put a lot of effort into making sure that there is a really robust training program, instructors who know really how to teach the, the little intricacies of flying the plane safely. Yeah, and I was going to add, too, that the, uh, the uh, board of directors in the club, everyone in the Lake family is very approachable. Don't, if you have interest, if you're thinking about uh, wanting a ride, uh, finding someone locally that might be able to take you for a ride, if you have interest, especially if you're thinking about buying one, please avail yourself. We, we love to hear. I get, I get probably six or seven calls a week from people interested in lakes or technical questions. Um, it's one of the things that makes the lake family so much fun. Uh, people will just go out of their way to help. I've given rides to more people where I'm based than you can imagine. Um, it's just a great family sort of environment. We love to hear from new people who don't know about lakes or those that do who want more information. And there is a contact form and page on the website which allows you to reach out and uh, with a specific question or just a general one. And uh, we will definitely get back to you very quickly when we get those forms come in. I think one of the things that I've always valued about the club uh, really specifically kind of comes down to that training program. Because it is a unique aircraft, you've got a high thrust line aircraft, which is something that most pilots are not used used to flying. And then also, if you are a float plane pilot and you're making that transition to a hull aircraft, or if you did your seaplane rating in a float plane, um, it's really imperative that you get instruction to be safe and competent and you understand that there is a, it's almost a 180 degree uh, different phase of thinking of how you land a hauled aircraft especially one with a high thrust line uh, versus a flow plane. And so I think one of the greatest values the club has provided for my background with the club historically has been this training program. And, and I really want to give the club and, and you guys a tremendous amount of credit for putting the Lake uh, CFIs together and, and certifying CFIs to do this Lake-specific training. And I think that's another area that came out in the Lake Fest this week is that one of the sessions we always have when we do these um, uh, Lake Fest meetings is a forum where all the, la- all the Lake CFIs who are present will be there to answer questions from attendees on any aspect of flying a lake. Um, so it's a very open and public um, environment in which to be able to ask questions and, and get you know, not necessarily not, a unique yeah, not answer. Not necessarily. Each instructor will have his own take on yeah. on some points, and you get to experience uh, the way it really should be done and the nuances of what you can do with a lake. Right, and I just wanted to reiterate, <clears throat> it's, it has idiosyncrasies, but they are very easy to learn with, a, with one of our lake instructors. Uh, it's very important that they be a lake instructor. You don't want to have a low time or just a purely float plane instructor trying to teach you in a lake. But once, once again, remember, you got Bill here, the 62-hour pilot who transitioned into my lake amphibian with an instructor. And it was a little different, but it was not hard. 
It was really simple, but you need to just learn. And as I think Adrian mentioned earlier, or Myron, ingrain in your head your reflexes to these things. But don't think it's hard and don't think it's complicated. It just needs to be simple stuff. It's nuance. It's 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 a nuance machine. Exactly. Nuance. You learn the nuance. You practice them. But don't think it's hard because, once again, a C-150 pilot transitions after two days taking his check ride into a Lake 200 Buccaneer. And sure, little idiosyncrasies, uh, nuances, but fun to learn, oh, yeah. easy to learn, um, just need the right instructor, and it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, and so what you guys have done as a club, though, is you've vetted the instructors to ensure that the instructors that come through the club that you recommend and, and promote are ones that really are vetted internally within the community, and I think there's a tremendous value to that. Then there's a standard syllabus of things that you really need to learn, and they all will teach those to you. They follow the syllabus, and so that you know the things that you need to know specific to lakes versus a float plane, and you can uh, be comfortable flying your airplane. And you've also really worked with insurance companies and providers to come up with a process of training that helps keep the insurance as low as possible for the owner-operators. Uh, that's true, and, but in this hard market, that's sometimes a challenge. It is. Well, it's a challenge for all seaplanes, but again, um, it's a nuanced aircraft. And with that, you guys deserve a lot of credit for having recurrent training and other processes to you know, encourage the insurance companies to mitigate that as much as possible. Yeah, and, and one of the things I'd like to, with the reach of this podcast, Steve, I'd like to say that if, if you are a CFI who has a lot of lake experience, um, please uh, get in touch because we will get one of our CFI examiners. We kind of have two levels of, of uh, CFIs. They're the examiners who are proficient in all models and who have the, um, and by the way, this is not an FAA program. This is a private program to be yeah. sure we have good CFIs. These CFI examiners, who may, uh, usually they all can instruct in all of the models, they are the ones, after talking to a CFI that wants to become a lake CFI, that will then uh, do a a check ride with them, make sure they can demonstrate their proficiency, uh, and then become a lake CFI. And that's all part of how we keep that high level uh, of functionality from in our lake CFI program. Yeah, so I think if you want to expand your horizons, you don't have to be a lake amphibian owner to join the club. We want to make that very clear. Absolutely. uh, You've got a great newsletter uh, that goes out on a regular basis. It's affordable. The membership is uh, $62. $62 a year, yes. Okay. One single piece of guidance from the maintenance sections of the the, uh, website will pay for your your membership many times over. Yes, there's uh, stuff on our website when you're a member that... You can take to your mechanic, and, you know, most people don't work on these that often, and you can help him help you and save yourself lots of money, keep the uh, expense as low as possible. One of the questions is, uh, it looks like a very expensive airplane. Well, most of us uh, become involved with our airplanes a little more than a normal (laughs) airplane flyer, and... We help the mechanic help us keep tr- keep track of uh, what needs to be done and how it should be done. Well, to reinforce that point, Myron, um, most times a, a general aviation plane, you land on an airport, there's a mechanic av- available within reach. Uh, for us, we might land our plane on a lake 100 miles from the nearest uh, road, let alone airport. And many of the owners of lakes 
uh, proficient at diagnosing and fixing minor problems that they might encompass encounter in, in a remote situation. So I think that's a, another key point is that we are all, I think, much more involved in our aircraft than your typical GAA um, owner-pilot. And I think I want to give you credit also because, quite honestly, uh, I think your forum even is much more active than the Seaplane Pilots Association forum. And this is something that we would like to encourage more activity with our members. But when you get down to a passionate type club like yours, the forum has a tremendous amount of activity, and you just rebuilt it. Uh, that's something I'd like to emphasize. We, we have a 36-year history of our forum uh, and as part of redoing the, threat, uh, the website, we were able to um, transfer all of that history into a fully searchable forum. So you've got these threads going back, in some cases, 25, 30 years from people who unfortunately um, moved on, um, passed on, but um, whose no- knowledge and wisdom is still with us because of it. Um, so. Unique, okay. unique environment. Yeah. And then, Steve, if we could circle back to, I mean, Myron uh, made a comment about cost. I mean, one of the things uh, that I think is interesting, and I'm sure that, that, Steve, you could speak to, is a fully amphibious airplane with the capabilities of even a Lake 200, what's a set of amphib floats cost for, like, a, a 182? Well, my floats on the Super Cub today cost more than many Lake 180 or 200s on the market today. <laughs> so, right. so, so uh, if I bought is, my floats brand new. It is definitely the cheapest way to get into amphibious yeah. water flying. Right. That's the point. Like the, the, the 200, for example, approximately $65,000. You know, that huge yeah. variety, but I mean, that's sort of an entry point there. I mean, 65000 for a fully amphibious flying boat, and I don't even want to think about what the MFib floats cost. Yeah, my floats, I think today, retail for about $74,000. So, and that's without the cost of the Super Cub that sits on top of them. So, and of course, Super Cub prices are, you know, insane as well. So, uh, yeah, it's a great entry-level alternative. But, you know, it can be your forever airplane, uh, which it is for many people. Well, when you think that the last ones, uh, the last 200s were built back in uh, the 70s and early 80s, and then they transitioned more to the the Renegade family, Um, most, I mean, there's probably four to five hundred Buccaneer and uh, 180 and 200 but there, uh, but there isn't a part shortage. We don't have a problem uh, keeping them up, maintaining them. Uh, there's hardly a part that we can't find somewhere at a reasonable cost. And they're not like the rudder vaders on my Bonanza that <laughs> yeah. have a problem. Um, but the other thing, when you're involved in a lake, I think we should talk about the places you can go. Uh, Adrian mentioned being out and, you know, there's no cell phone coverage most of the places. Well, that's the beauty of flying a seaplane is we get to go places that other people never never see. see, And Pineville Airport and the Red River here and all the lakes around here have given us plenty of flying out opportunities. I was uh, up north 50 miles in a lake uh, having some brats at somebody's house. And yesterday a bunch of guys went down on a beach on the Red River and... Just hung out on the beach. And there's no one around. And there was nobody around. The only thing around was a bald eagle and uh, some deer crossing the river. And a barge went by. And that was it. And that's the appeal of seaplanes in general is we get to go places that roads don't go to. And and without roads, uh, you may not be able to get there by boat. Because if it's a lake in a remote area, 
Uh, without road access, you can't get your boat right. there. So I really want to transition the discussion to this incredible four-day event called Lake Fest. And, you know, it used to occur generally somewhere in Florida uh, for many years. Um, and you guys have taken it on the road in recent years. And let's discuss, some number one, some of the uh, things that the event provides, which is the educational opportunities. So we've had essentially three days of seminars or forums or talks or interactive uh, uh, discussions with panels. We concentrate on doing the seminars and talks in the morning. So the afternoons, you can take your plane, free to go anywhere you want. We have, we try to put these in places where there are opportunities to do different types of flying with different people. And I think I might have given rides to four or five people and like half of the people who are here that feel like sharing their airplane have given rides to the the people who've been involved in helping us put this on, and we've been all around the local Pineville area. So just in the last couple of days, uh, I had the good fortune of addressing the community on AIS topics, uh, which is good, and give them somewhat of an update of the state of SPA and the Seaplane Pilots Association. But we've also had uh, speakers talk on the challenges of uh, the regulatory environment because, unfortunately, we are a small community, and the regulatory environment, whether it's Fish and Wildlife or a Sheriff's Department or the FAA, isn't necessarily used to seeing seaplanes in the way we operate. And so there are some unique challenges that we face because a lot of times we'll just say that uh, regulation is misinterpreted because of a lack of understanding of, of the, what we know as people in the know. So, but there's also been uh, maintenance discussions and also operational discussions. And so it's a very enlightening, very powerful uh, event just from the educational side. And I think one of the discussions we had is next year or the next time we do Lake Fest is incorporating the uh, WINGS program and the Sea WINGS program uh, to make sure that the recipient or the, the attendees get uh, credit for get coming. Credit for the, yep. And uh, Steve, one thing I think as long as uh, we're talking about the, the lectures we had, you gave a great one uh, on invasive species. Yes, the SP update is always appreciated, but the invasive species thing, uh, I think it, it sh if, if it doesn't scare all of us, it means you don't know enough about it yet. And so, uh, yeah, Steve, great job. Uh, it can be kind of a boring topic, frankly, for a lot of people. Challenging topic for a presenter. Yeah, yeah. but I thought it was excellent. And I'm and still feeling that hole in the middle of my forehead where <laughs> yeah. you were pecking. Yep, yep. Um, so that was another part of, uh, of what we learned about, and I'm hoping our members take that home very seriously. I, I hope, I imagine we've all been exposed to what happens when invasive species uh, become a problem in a body of water. And uh, so um, I think Steve says we all have to be 100% committed to this, and uh, I know that the Lake Group heard that loud and clear. I think we can say that we will do everything we can through our media um, presence to support um, the efforts that uh, you, you brought to us today, Steve. So thank you. Yeah, and it's important, uh, you know, as not only for the flying community, but for the non-flying community to realize we, we want to be good stewards. We enjoy the environment, which is why we enjoy flying seaplanes, because we get to go into the environment and enjoy it. So uh, it's always important to bring that message, and, and I appreciate the compliments, but um, you know, it's, it's really us as a community doing everything we can. So that's great. Uh, 
who takes credit for the hotel accommodations here? Because this is... Bill, that's you. Come on. <laughs> an incredible uh, host hotel. Tell us the story. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, problem. Uh, to have a, a seaplane fly-in uh, involves more than <clears throat> excuse me, just a, 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 a runway or a body of water. Um, there's a lot more involved. So, for example, uh, the Lake Group, what we prefer, and we sort of start at this level, is... Uh, a place that's near a commercial airport for those, sadly, like myself, who had to airline in and couldn't bring our airplanes. Um, we also need uh, freshwater opportunities for enjoying our airplanes. Um, ideally, you have a small airport environment that you're actually using uh, to uh, be at, to have all the airplanes at, to have a sort of a low-key environment uh, you know, where you can walk, everyone can walk around and, and local people can walk around. Uh, so you're not really going to be that happy at a, at a Class Delta or a Class Charlie. Exactly. Uh, then you need to find a venue that can have uh, host our lectures, who can cater and who can provide enough rooms in hopefully an environment that's really fun. And so um, if I can just segue right into how, for example, this one happened. Um, the Lake Group, uh, the Lake Amphibian Club, we used to only go to Florida in the middle of the winter. Uh, sounds great for people who are south, but for those of us uh, who are north, it could be very a challenging. A bit challenging. Oh, my God. I mean, the last one we went to Florida, I launched out of Massachusetts. It was 20 below without the wind chill. Unbelievable. <clears throat> yeah. So it was great. The, 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 the board was open to it, and we decided to try to move it around regionally so members who were not close to, let's say the last lake fest might be closer to one to enable them to fly their airplanes. So, so getting up into Madden's in Minnesota last year, or the last event we held, was a, the f- first breakout attempt on that. And it was a well-attended event. It was a hugely attended. We had, we, uh, the weather cooperated. We had 45 total airplanes, I think, arrived, not all at the same time. That's amazing. Time. Yeah. Um, we have some pictures that uh, I can share with Steve of the parking area. Um, and there is a picture of that actually on the website. Oh, there is. Thank you, Adrian. He knows all the details about <laughs> that. Because he built a website. Yeah, so. you got it. Exactly. Um, so so this is another another hats off to SPA. What I did was I drew a, a line across the country, and I said, I'm going to look uh, at places below, south of that line. And what did I do? I called our SPA field uh, field uh, directors. Uh, rep- director, I couldn't remember, representative directors. Yeah. Field directors. And really ca- uh, calling from east to west and ended up uh, in Louisiana, David Lewis, uh, and it was obvious that David had the energy, knew the passion, passion in abundance. Yes, you got it, boy. Holy cow. Um, and we quickly fleshed out how this could work. And um, he recommended this hotel. You look at the website of this hotel, folks. We're all, we're all amazed. Yeah, that's the Hotel Bentley, by the way, in yep. downtown Alexandria. Yep, the Hotel Bentley. And um, I have taken more pictures of the interiors of this hotel uh, you you would think that you were at the Biltmore Estate or somewhere else. I mean, it is just the architecture that and the detail, old world detail, not yep. new world detail. Sim- simply amazing. And then it really came down to, so the other problem you have is transportation from the venue back to the airport. That was the big sticker as far as here. And this place, this environment... Cities of Pineville and Alexandria, the hotel, it is the land of yes. 
I, I would ask questions of the of the property manager Scott Laliberte, who before, just stuck his head in a couple of minutes ago. Right, and, right. Yeah. Who, who before I could finish the question, we, he'd just say, "Sure." And I'm like, "Well, Scott, I have it. It doesn't matter because we will do whatever it is you need us to do for you." Um, and so all of these sort of things came together, and it's always nerve wracking because you're not not, not going to know what the membership's going to say when they arrive, you know, and how what level of complaints. Not one complaint constructive or otherwise from the membership that's never happened before which ever. as an event organizer is a dream come true yeah. and i want to give a uh, special kudos to the eaa chapter 614 out of the pineville airport they have been incredible hosts to us um yesterday lunchtime um they helped organize a cajun feast that was for anybody who's not from around here Maybe a little terrifying. No, uh, it was incredibly flavorful, wonderful food. Um, chef John uh, was—he uh, um, was the, the chef for the event, and uh, we had a hundred people out there, including local it was uh, amazing, dignitaries amazing and stuff, enjoying the food. Um, so you'll see the pictures in Waterflying Magazine. I'm sure they had a great uh, overwater event pavilion, uh, which used to actually be seaplane hangars. Uh, and then their chapter building is a former seaplane hangar as well that's attached to the, the pavilion. And they, again, we're going to talk, we're going to stay on this topic about how the community helped make this event a success and all the individuals uh, that rolled out the red carpet because... I mean, we don't usually have mayors come to our events. To there were three at the opening yeah, banquet. Exactly. Three mayors. We had the mayor of Alexandria, the mayor of Pineville, Pineville. and then what was it, the uh, no, parish? That was, no, that was the head of... Uh, EDC was Gaida. here. Gaida. 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 The Greater, Gaida. The greater Gaida. Alexandria Economic Development Association uh, director was was here with his wife and, and uh, executive director. So. And they were obviously all happy that we were here. And we facilitated the mayor uh, going for a Lake Amphibian ride yesterday, yeah, which yes, was and his wife, which yeah. was a great pleasure. And I got to have uh, lunch with them, and they had nothing but positive things to say about seaplanes. And any time we can get community leaders and governments to make seaplane positive comments and to embrace us, uh, it's my dream come true as the executive director of the organization. And I have to tell you, hats off to them. Yes, absolutely. I mean. Uh, our previous president is a member of our board still, Mark Rodstein, and he and I were, he has organized many lake fests, and we were sitting, uh, standing at the airport watching all the activity, and we were discussing just, Steve, what you're talking about, and he said, Bill, there's only one word to describe the welcome that we have received here. Stunning. Yes. It, it really it is. is. For, for anyone who's done organization of, of events, we were speechless, and it was Stunning. The level of, I mean, we're not saying acceptance of thank you for coming. How can we do more? Chef John, so just to give you an idea of the kind of level of the food that we had yesterday as we were sitting lakefront uh, with the runway right next to us. So we were sandwiched in between a lake that was seaplane usable. We had airplanes landing in the water. We had airplanes using the runway right on the other side. Don't forget the pet alligator. Yeah, we had the alligator. (laughs) And then we have Chef John, who was literally one of the founding chefs with Paul Perdone, one of the most famous Louisiana chefs in history. Right. I was going to add, too, there's a ramp here as well. There's a ramp, A beautiful paved ramp. So you've got the runway, you've got a ramp, and you've got a beautiful seaplane friendly lake we actually check this out folks the town of uh, of pineville 
rented us the lake for a very reasonable amount of money and closed it to all boat traffic. To boat traffic. So we had a private lake with no boat wakes to worry about. I mean, that's the level of enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, it was simply Total amazing. So I can absolutely assure you, I want to welcome or, or thank communities that do this for uh, the seaplane community. So uh, my reward is going to be to bring another group back. The Seaplane Pilots Association is going to find a way to have events here and to bring more people into this community because when we have a community in a hotel property that embraces the way this community has, uh, we have to reward that with our support by coming back and, and making sure that we provide economic development and prosperity uh, for their generosity. I think I can say with a high degree of confidence that uh, as we develop a, a list of short list of sites that we want to be able to rotate our future annual gatherings at, that um, Pineville Alexandria will be on that short list because they have just been spectacular. Okay, and a quick shout out to all the pilots that made it here uh, because we had something, 17 or 18 aircraft? 18 aircraft on, on the field. There was at least five that I know of that didn't make the trip or had to divert because of the weather. Um, but Adrian's talking about lake aircraft. There were also lake members who flew other aircraft. Other aircraft. Yeah. So in total, there was probably 22 or 23 airplanes that flew in here for the Lake Fest. And a lot of the, the uh, families went shopping in the local neighborhood. We were buying Avgas from the airport the whole time we were here. So we were doing our part to put some dollars back in the economy. But also, uh, we had an aircraft come here. We had a lot of people, some of the people, because of the weather challenges, there were significant weather challenges to well, get to this event, which precluded me flying my airplane. And precluded we, uh, Bill from flying his airplane. He had it all packed, ready to go. And, yeah, and so we, you drove from the northeast. We had someone drive from Wisconsin um, yeah. as well. Uh-huh. And um, uh, we had an attendee fly their lake from Washington, Washington State. Another yeah. one from Mexico City. And Mexico City. Yeah. Uh, Carlos, which yeah, was amazing. Yeah. So who's a, a field director, an SPA field director, which is amazing. He's our Mexican field director. So, again. we have several field directors. We did. <laughs> we, we do. So we had Bill Rosinski. I mean, just on it. Super Dave. Uh, Dave Lewis that helped organize the event. I mean, there, there's many. And interestingly enough, when I got the dates for the event, I said, you realize you scheduled this event on Halloween weekend? Well, it didn't turn out that bad. We had a pretty good... It was a little scary, but... We did manage to go on a ghost tour at the the Bentley, and I think about half of our members were up on the 6th, 7th, and 8th floor, and and, uh, uh, taking the ghost tour and uh, trying to see the ghost or take actually take pictures we of were looking for camera. spirits i think weren't we well we did end up finding all the spirits down in the bar at the in the basement <laughs> of the hotel but it was they were nice fine spirits so we were happy they did a wonderful job so the again the the staff of the hotel organized a, a ghost tour for us in the property the top three floors of this 1908 hotel property uh, are right now under renovation and they're not uh, we'll just say they're in more of an original state in many ways. Uh, and so it was a very good atmosphere uh, to be a haunted uh, hotel atmosphere. And there were many stories of things that have happened here over the years. And the staff did a wonderful job organizing this this ghost walk. And they sure built up the finale, which is we're going to go to the 
the the room with the most spirits of anywhere in the hotel, which just happens to be the mirror room, uh, i.e. the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so the spirits were not exactly what we were looking for on the ghost tour, but they were, in fact, entirely correct. <laughs> and appreciated. Yes. So, uh, again, a huge shout-out to uh, the... EAA Chapter uh, 614 for their uh, hospitality and the pavilion. Is there anything that we have failed to discuss about this, uh, quite honestly, incredible event that you guys have put on for the community? Um, I think there's just one thing, Steve, and maybe there's others, but um, when I first began to get involved with uh, the hotel and Pineville, um, it became very obvious that this could be a a wonderful uh, fly-in destination for any type club. And um, the, the communities work so hard to have us have a great event. They would love to host others. And I know SPA is going to do the best they can. Absolutely. But all of our, all the folks out there, SPA, other, other listeners, all are involved with airplanes. And perhaps they are a member of a different type club. And if they have events like this, I really encourage them, like Steve said, to pay this forward for all the hospitality, to consider coming here and hosting your event here. And to give you an idea, there's probably ramp space on the Pineville Airport for 50 plus or minus general aviation aircraft. Easily. Without yeah. any, any problem. So, Yeah. Myron? I think uh, we pretty much wrapped up the Lake Fest. We've been going strong for four days. Everybody's looking to get back in the air and find some good weather to get home in. Before the next cold front comes, which is breathing down our neck right now. I think it's snowing in Oklahoma right now. So I would like to thank uh, you guys for uh, all your work to put this event together. Uh, But really, uh, SPA Field Director uh, Dave Lewis, the Lake Amphibian Club Board uh, who organizes this, all of the members that attended, the Hotel Bentley for their support, the town and the mayors of uh, Alexandria and Pineville. Um, Gaida. Gaida, yeah, that, that came in. Uh, the, the whole Louisiana uh, community that came together for us for making Lake Fest 2021 such a success. I hope you've enjoyed this special episode on the road with water flying at Lake Fest 2021. If you want to find out more about this incredible club and everything they're doing in this community, look them up at lakeandfibclub.com. And uh, please consider joining the club as well. It's been a long four days. You guys are working. We all are a little bit worn down. I appreciate you coming on the show today. Until next time, blue skies and calm waters from water flying in Pineville, Louisiana. We are so glad you joined us today. If you like today's show, I highly encourage you to join the Seaplane Pilots Association and become a member of the largest seaplane community in the world. Members receive Water Flying, the only full-color glossy magazine dedicated to the seaplane community. And it's available in both printed and digital form. Your membership also includes access to the Water Landing Directory app, which has the Seaplane Flight School directory and a calendar of seaplane events, not only here in the United States, but around the world. The association hosts regular educational workshops, safety seminars, and gatherings for seaplane pilots and anyone with a passion for seaplanes. So look us up online 
at seaplanes.org. Join our community and support our mission of protecting and promoting water flying. 